everyone. Thank you once again for tuning in to What You Know It, the Iconist podcast. And like usual, I'm one of your hosts of the show, Barry3D for Deep Dark Delicious. Hey, over 100 episodes, we still rocking that hard. On my side, as always, the man, the myth, the legend, my co-host, my best friend, the man that keeps me sane, the one and only... DJ Rod C. Good day, good afternoon, good morning to you wherever you may be on this globe of a place we call Flooded Earth. Yes, it's Icotus. It's Icotus. The Icon is... Hold up. <laughs> we got some things we got to do before we get down to the Icon. I know you see the name, but here it is. So first of all, we got to do uh, a shout out to my boys who I roll with all the time. That's a touch of gray matter. That's myself, Dave Sokolowski and Zalf Ali. Mm. Keep your eyes peeled at what... Barry3D.com and look up the tour dates. You'll see when we're going to be posting. We've got some dates coming in for the future, the future, and we're going to be there, right? We also got to show out uh, our, our people that support the show. So one, we've got a big, a big shout out for Brandy Ford for the writer and the wit. Check the link down below to see her magazine. It comes out every month. She's also on a radio station. Give her a listen. Uh, you might even hear some familiar voices like mine so far if you go back in the archives and other people. So yes, thank you so much for that. And on top of that, you got to support the books that support the books support us. And this is how the show goes about it. So one, um, you got to go out to Wow Comics out in Kitchener. Tell Wes and the rest of the guys we said hi. It's awesome. Got to have the tangible books. Can't be always digital. And then, of course, if you're out in Montreal, you got to go over to Check Swings. Tell Trevor and the rest of the guys that we said hi. And, you know, you heard about it here on the Iconist podcast. Woo! I think this is the fastest we're getting through this. And on top of that... Uh, we got to thank the, the other man, Myth the Legend, the other person you don't see that often, but you see his work all the time here, and that's Jason Reese. Who are we talking about, Rod? We're talking about Jay Bird Digital Art. Art. Jay Bird Digital Arts. If you want to see and have something you want to do, reach out to Jay Bird. And he, Jason can hook you up. Tell him you heard about him on the Iconist podcast, and he'll give you a d -d 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 discount. For the work now, just give me back, just give me back money. That's right. Credit. Save what you can because gas is expensive. So that being said, mm -hmm. look at some of the stuff that Jay's done. If you're looking to start a podcast right now, if you're looking to start a podcast, you can do what we did. We turned around, we went on Podbean.com. That's where our podcast is hosted. Over a hundred episodes on there in the backlog, the catalogs, or you can look at YouTube and find our stuff there. And we've also put up some YouTube shorts. Have you seen them? Then have a good laugh with it. It's all in good fun. Woo. So we got those going on and a lot more stuff coming uh, that we promised that we're going to get to. And Jay's, you know, and so Podbean, if you want to do the podcasting. And Jay, if you need a logo, need a template mm. for your video. If you have YouTube shorts or reels for Instagram or any of that stuff and you want those that we have in our shorts the same way if you look on our shorts tab on YouTube, you'll see that he's made those uh, templates for us for just for those. Branding, branding, branding is key. If you're going to start anything, believe in it, do it. He's got you covered. Can't express that enough. Thank you so much, Jay, for all the work you do. Woo! All right. I, I think I think I've, we've, we've covered most of uh, everyone that, hey, I think that's the fastest we've done it. Might have been. Might have been. Right. It's, it's been a while. We're a little bit rusty. I got to say this. I know by the time this episode comes out, it's going to be a little bit of a delay. So you understand this episode is being filmed right now as of June 19th. So this is our June 19th episode. You're going to see this in you know a couple of weeks. I got to do a shout out to my buddy, uh, Sean, Sean Blades. Happy birthday. I mm -hmm. wish you happy birthday, but I know he listened. So Sean, big shout out there. 
Um, there's another person that always follows our videos there on, on Iconist, and that is Reed. So uh, Reed, always liking it. I got to shout you out. I see Reed all the time checking it off. So thank you very much, Reed. Thumbs up. And everyone else there, I met a person named Jessica. Jessica, we met at an event. I was dressed as a Mountie. Shout out to you, too. <laughs> Watch the shorts. You'll have some fun uh, with that. So these are all the things that have been going on. And I've said, you want to see what's going on? Barry3D.com has all the links to everything that we do, you know, across the board. And, and I got more coming. And Rod, where can they find you? Listen, you can find me on the World Wide Web. As I always say, you can find me on Instagram at Mr. Rod C, M-R-R-O-D-C. Follow me on Instagram. You see all the stuff I'm doing. You can find me on Twitch at DJ Rod C. Ah, as well, I have finally added myself properly to the world of TikTok. You can find me on TikTok at DJ Rod C1. And I'm the number one. DJ one. Rod C1. One. 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 That's it. Listen, you can find me there. Make it, you know, follow, shout me out, uh, follow you back, shout you back. Listen, we gotta have some fun up in here. But right now, forget about me. Forget about what we're about. To, what I've said. What we're gonna talk about now is the icon. And today's icon is is iconist. The icon is Rocket Racer. Racer. Rocket Racer. Rocket Racer. Mm -hmm. Right on, right, Rocket Racer. Now, why Rocket Racer? Why not Rocket Racer? Because we want to bring you some of the characters you might not know that should be sometimes in there. And maybe mm -hmm. uh, we might have a suggestion on how these characters could be or done. So there's our, here is it. So, you know, Rocket Racer by Marvel Comics made his first appearance as a villain. Bum, bum, bum. You know, in 1977 in The Amazing Spider-Man issue number 172. Now that brother funky. And yes, I'm saying brother, because I mean, he is a person of color, he's a black man, rocket racer, you know, and sometimes, as I said, if you watch the, the Simpsons, it's like, is it wrong to steal a loaf of bread, but if you're going to feed your family, and Bart's like, well, no, sir, you're doing something good. That's that's basically the model behind rocket racer. You know, he's got yeah. a, uh, a red costume, uh, trimmed in yellow, yellow knee pads, he, he's got a, a yellow skateboard. And the skateboard literally has little rockets on it, so he can go down extremely fast. The rocket, the, the skateboard lets him go down the street and lets him climb walls, and he stays clamped onto it with magnets. So that's Rocket Racer, and he's got little missiles that shoot out from his gloves. So he's got like a, a, a color scheme of Iron Man, maybe the about Flash. <laughs> I was about to say, no, definitely, yeah. You do see the Iron Man um, Flash type of merger in there. You can see the similarity right there, yep. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, this character started off, as I said, in 1977. So his name was Robert Farrell. He was born in Brooklyn, New York, and he's the eldest of seven children. Now, at one point, his mom gets sick, and he has to take on the responsibility of, you know, providing, you know, uh, for the rest of his siblings, his other six siblings, and his mom, because she couldn't work and had to cover those medical bills. He is a genius. He is, you know, a, a genius. And he was going to school, and he was, a, as I said, he was a scientific prodigy. So he came up with the whole concept of the gyros, the magnetics. And because it wasn't paying the bills, he had to turn around and do something to bring the money in to support his family. Father's not around. His mom, six siblings. It's like 19 and counting. So he took it upon himself to say, the only way I can do it is make this costume to go out there 
and pull a couple of quick bank heists, uh, you know, you know, and and steal whatever I can from corporations that wouldn't miss it too much. Almost like a Robin Hood kind of syndrome, but he was really mm-hmm. doing it for himself. He wasn't giving back to the poor. He was the poor. <laughs> so keep, you know, keep it within. Where, yeah. Cut out the middleman. Yeah. That's what he's doing. He's cutting out the middleman. Yeah, pretty much. The, the character was created by the, the writer uh, Len Wynn, and the artist was Ross uh, Andrew. Andrew, yeah, there you go. Andrew, um, yeah, Andrew, yeah. Yeah, there you go. So th- th- that's what he, he's been about. And, you know, he's been around for a lot of years. So he said he started off as a full-out villain. And the thing about it is when he first encountered Spider-Man, Spider-Man couldn't catch him. Spider-Man couldn't catch him. He was too slick for Spider-Man. You know what I'm saying, brother? Too fast. Too fast. That's right. The reason <laughs> I'm using words slick and brother is because he was back in the 19th, 19th it's the disco era. So the character had an afro. Come on, funky brother. Come on, let's go. It's the disco era. I mean, come on. It's him and Dazzler. We should talk about Dazzler. It's him and Dazzler. Put a pin on that one. Put a pin in that. It's done. Watch. So this is what his motivation was. This is what it came down to. And, you know, as I said, it's early enough. He's trying to do all this. So as I said, he developed... A superpowered skateboard which propelled at great speed by a small rocket and cybernetically controlled by a crude Walkman like device. <laughs> okay, so for the young people out there, if you don't know what a Walkman is, it's a, it was this box that we used to put a cassette tape. Now, if you don't know what a cassette tape is, it's a smaller, you know, box that has strip of magnetic tape on it that we would put sounds on, and that's how we listen to music. This was before MP3s, MP4s, CDs. But it was after eight tracks. See, if you look it up, Google Sony Walkman. Here it is. Here's a picture of a Sony Walkman. You're seeing it right now. This is what we used to get put on there with, like, you know, two, you know, two AA batteries with headphones. And we walked down Stratton. And Sony made a lot of money off of this. And, you know, it had a play button, a rewind button, a fast forward button, a check button. And you had to take the tape out, put it over. See, if you knew a DJ, a DJ, if you had a friend or family member that was a DJ, they would mix the music and put it on a cassette tape, and then yep. copy it. And then you would beg them for a copy. And you would beg them to put on Saturday Love as many times as possible. So when this young Barry would get it, he would jam it in there and he would walk on down Stratton to his jam. Now, okay. are you are you referring that to me or are you referring that to Wiz? <laughs> That's right. So, that, that, well, both both apply because, you know, I'm a Gemini, so I, I got to have, you know, two. So, yeah, so that goes up to my, my, my Rod, who was AKA before he was DJ Spy. And it goes up to my boy uh, Donovan, who used to be going by uh, DJ Wiz, but he goes by Drags now. So, either way, shout out to you, Rod, who's right here, and shout out to Drags for sure, doing big things mm-hmm. all over the place. So, big up there. Blessings. I, so, this is what it had to be. Or you had to stay home and hit the radio play. So anyway, it's getting off track. That, that's where your Sony Walkman is. So you had that. He had rocket-powered punch. So the gloves would have rockets on him so he can hit harder. Yeah. So uh, in his early encounters, you know, as I said, he, he, he dealt with, you know, fighting Spider-Man. Um, so that was how it came about. Mm-hmm. And then he gets hired by the Tinkerer. Now, the Tinkerer is another, you know, up-there villain. He's a rocket racer. is like a D villain. I would say the Tinkerer would be maybe a B villain. Yeah, Tinkerer's a B. 
Yeah, he's a B villain. He, he's known, but not known enough. He wouldn't be up there like Dr. Doom class and all that. But the Tinkerer was a genius in himself. And the Tinkerer, you know, um, hires Rocket Racer. And he, and he updates his skateboard because that's the Tinkerer. Literally, it's his name, Tinkerer. So he would help build things, improve things. So he improved the skateboard, improved the armor, improved all this stuff to, you know, help, um, you know, Rocket Racer pull off some more heist in the long run. Yeah, and he's hired at one point. Yeah, was it? He's hired at one point by Jackson Wheel or Wheelie to steal evidence that would be incriminating. So you know, this is this is funny, man. Rocket Racer, uh, Rocket Racer hires a tinkerer to redesign his skateboard after his first defeat by Spider-Man. So you know, even though he got away from Spider-Man, Spider-Man does capture him. He does do some time. He gets back out. Tinkerer helps him out, hires him, tries to go and steal some evidence, and then you know, Robert wants to use the evidence to blackmail Wheelie. Who wishes to commit suicide, but Robert stops him. So he's a he's a villain with a conscience. He's not like a cold-hearted villain. Yeah, uh, that's why I use the Robin Hood analogy. He's a he's a he's a villain with morals. There's a yeah. reason why he does what he has to do. Like you said, he basically needed to you know support his family. So realizing again, this is back in the '70s, it's just the imagery of saying that well, I'm down out. I can't do anything. Um, it's hard for me to get it ahead. I gotta, I gotta lean into the into the world of crime to achieve my immediate goals. But as you can see, he's not really that much of a criminal-minded person because he tried to stop someone from committing suicide. That's 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 some good stuff. We'll put a pin on that. Or you'll you'll understand why later. Absolutely. So he turns around. And he starts finding this guy, you know, um, and he and he taunts the guy by calling him Big Wheel. <laughs> so Rocket Racer versus Big Wheel. Come on, people, it was the 70s, okay? But from 1977, we had Star Wars, and then everything else was still, you know, <laughs> as it is. All right, let's let's just go with it. So he deals with Big Wheel, and, and then that causes a fight. So that's a three-way fight between Big Wheel, Rocket Racer, and Spider-Man. And then Rocket Racer, who saved Spider-Man at one point from a bounty hunter. Because he's not a murderer. He's only right. trying to get funds for medical bills at his family. He's not trying to be a millionaire. He's not trying to buy the block. He ain't being Nino Brown. <laughs> right? All he wants to do is pay them bills. Stop the bill collectors. They'll want the family evicted. They want his brothers to have food and, and his brothers and his sisters. So, long story short, he's gone on back and forth with Spider-Man. He's had, you know, several, several brushes with the law, as I like to say. And he ends mm -hmm. up doing a short jail sentence. So after all this, his brothers, his mom, finally say, hey, you're so smart. Stop taking the easy road. We know why you did what you did. We don't condone it. We know in your eyes you're trying to do the right thing, but you're using the wrong methods. You should take that genius and do something else. And he reforms. You know, um, they convince him to reforms. You know, uh, he goes through a high school equivalency course, and he gets, of course, extremely high marks because he's a genius. So, you know, this, uh, you know, his life of crime did interrupt his schooling. And, of course, this is New York City. So where's he going? Empire State University. Same place <laughs> Peter Parker is going. <laughs> Same place the mortar goes from the New Warriors. Like, every every hero or villain seems to go to Empire State University. I mean, it's like, you know, Kirk Connor was teaching there, the lizard. Listen. It's it stand, stand with being smart and trying to save on 
background drawing. Why am I going to go have to learn a new back backdrop? Listen, go to the same university. You just got to draw it once and just label it in the back. Just superimpose it behind. It's the same hallways you walk down like Kurt and Peter. We'll just have Robert down there too. Save on ink. Stan was a smart man. Stan was a smart man. That's what I'm going to say. Stan only oh, was a smart geez. man. It's true. <laughs> you know, and uh, as I said, he gets the Empire, you know, he gets his, uh, his scholarship. He goes to Empire State University. And the first few days go kind of rough for him because when he's there, he, you know, he ends up combating with a hate group on campus. And mm-hmm. he gets helped by Spider Man, you know, through the whole ordeal. But this is what he's going through. So later, uh, Robert attempted to prove Spider. So Spider Man gets like framed for a crime, and then Robert, as a rocket racer, tries to prove that he's innocent. And of course, he comes across Silver Sable and the Outlaws. Mm-hmm. It's, 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 his path is so weird, but in New York, it's so crammed, it's so dense with villains, heroes. It looks like the Baxter Building is a block away from the Hellfire Club. Okay, hundred percent. Right. Okay. Right. Marvel's headquarters is still down there. Like Marvel Comics headquarters still existed in the Marvel Universe. So they're around the corner there. They would see these heroes from going by their windows all the time. This is nothing new. This is nothing new. So, you know, he teams up with them. Uh, as you know, S- Sable and the Outlaws. You know, Spider-Man. Stop a white supremacist skinhead. Uh, I, 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 you know, so he goes into like dealing with the social aspect issues of the time. Mm-hmm. So, he, see, he's gone from being a villain... Reform, re, you know, with morals, reformed, tries to do the right thing, gets into, you know, political strife. Let's just put it that way, you know, like r- racial thing. And I don't want to get too deep into it. It's sometimes a little bit of a sensitive subject for people, understandably. Gets into mm-hmm. that, tries to have it from that point of view. And I think they they wrote him right. Sometimes he always feels a little bit out, right, you know, because it's a 1977. So you had like, you know, uh, the was it the dogs of Dogtown or whatever that skateboard movie it, it, skateboard culture okay. was really coming out in the 70s and i think it went down a little bit and then it got really big again of course these things come in waves so it went from skateboards i'm talking the skateboard was for anyone is listening anyone watching when i say skateboard hopefully i got a picture up here so you can see what i'm talking about there's longboards and there's skateboards now the, the skateboard that tony hawk uses you know, I think that's more of a longboard. The skateboards that I'm talking about in the 70s were these little banana boards that barely had room for one of your feet. So it was a lot harder to do tricks, in my opinion. I'm not a skateboarder, but I find it's a little bit harder to do tricks with the original skateboards in the 70s than the ones today. There was less surface area, less room for your feet. You really had to be on point. And I'm not taking anything away from anyone today. It's just that now they made them a little bit longer. So that's what the skateboard he's using. He barely, if you every time they draw him, he's got one foot on. And his other foot's on there, but it's on an angle. So you only see his toes from his second foot touching the skateboard, and, his, and the rest of his foot is arched up. Skills and magnets. <laughs> and and he's fought many people. He had to deal with Speed Demon, another speedster within the, in the Marvel Universe. And it had nothing to do with... See, of course, they couldn't put Speed Demon on Flash because, you know, they could have They dealt with every other speedster. Like, I know it's a different universe. What holes? What holes? (laughs) Um, You know, at one point, uh, he briefly joined Tombstone's prison squad along with Big Ben and and Hypno Hustler. Hypno Hustler. 
Hustler. Down, 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 down. It was the 70s. That's what we do. This is what we do. But it is what it is. It is what it is. But you know what? The, the, the thing about, about Robert, about uh, Rocket Racer, is that, as you can see, his transgression, I mean, his transition yeah. from being in the criminal elements and how he really he tried to be that type of mindset and realized that he couldn't do that. And he basically reformed and changed his, his ways in that sense. He basically became a, a hero helping out, like we said, Spider-Man, Silver, uh, Silver Sable, um, as we now say, talking about Tombstone. The great thing about it too, by this point now, he's now is a, basically is identified as one of the 142 registered superhero heroes who's appeared on the cover of Amazon, um, Avenger, the initiative number one. So now that he's now registered as a hero, he now is going through, um, get reported to Cap Hammond. If I remember, Cap Hammond is the same one with Captain America. Am I correct? Yeah, yeah. I believe that's the same one. So at least you see the connection and the tying in with other other um, Marvel individuals, or other Marvel IPs. And when you, the reason I took a moment to check something because when you were talking about how close all these guys are, uh-huh. I don't know if anybody got a chance to go and look. There's a Stanley document uh, documentary going on right now. Um, it's on Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. But he basically was saying, I've heard Stan say this, Stan Lee say this before in a long line when he was creating all these characters, putting in New York, he knew he couldn't help but have them interact with each other. Thor is eventually going to bump into to Iron Man. He's going to eventually bump into, this is the early days, yes, you know, before yes. the Avengers kind of was created. But they'll bump into the Fantastic Four, the Spider-Man. So as you can see, that baseline has always been there with Marvel. So that's why it's great that we can have this particular character and you're wondering why are we talking about him? Because this is a character who's actually interacted with enough of our current known MCU characters who are out there right now. We we already know we know Thor, we know Spider-Man, we know Iron Man, uh, we know the Avengers. They're already there right now. Um, again, these are just characters who are we're already accustomed to, and this is just a great time to say, well, you know what? Let's bring on another character as we say, okay, we can consider him a, a D-class character, uh-huh. but this is the character who actually has some type of morals and struggles in the sense of we understand, we can look from the perspective of why a character is doing what he's doing. Why is this character what made him to be that? You know, exactly. the only thing that's coming, coming to my head right now, it's so... We've all seen similar type of little clips on Instagram where like saying this was the orange story of why someone turned into a villain. And the last one I just saw was either today or yesterday. I saw one where this little kid was sitting in front of, um, uh, oh my goodness, a chameleon. I think it was a mm-hmm. chameleon, uh, lizard kind of scenario. Yeah. And they say, this is the orange story. And all of a sudden you see it. And all of a sudden in the last second, his tongue comes out and then pings off the baby. The baby's like, ah! I realized, and at this moment, this is what <laughs> so you can see the progression of why did little Bobby turn into a villain? Because the comedian hit me in my forehead, and I didn't like reptile sense then. So right, now we yes. see the, the see the reasoning of why Robert Farrell turned into Rocket Racer because of the struggles. Of, 
his own personal struggles, his home type of needs of, you know, trying to procure income and, you know, finances to take care of his house, his family. Mm-hmm. But then he realized, again, through being out there, you realize that he didn't have a, a criminal heart. He just did it oh. for financial gain. And now he's a hero. So this is a great, this is a great IP that you can bring in. Maybe we'll love to see more of him in the big screen in that sense of where I'm about to get to. As you know, mostly everybody, most of the time when we're talking about a character, we're always talking about a character that we do like. And we also would like to see some type of, you know, live action adaptation, you know, even if it's cartoon, but seeing more up to date. Rocket Racer is one of those ones right now. Oh, yeah. I'm I'm fully into this. So even then, to go a little bit further, at one point, it looked like he slipped back into crime and he started doing crime again and and, and he got caught. And then, um, you know, it turns out that he was working undercover for S.H.I.E.L.D. Mm-hmm. So when they find him, they see him and he starts stuttering a lot. It's like he, he's not a person that stutters. And you find out later on that he's working for S.H.I.E.L.D. to help them get, uh, you know, uh, a piece of technology back. And if he gets it back, that S.H.I.E.L.D. will give him X amount of money to help his mom because now his mom is in a coma. She's comatose. Right. He's, not, he's trying to get the – he's trying to not make sure the house doesn't get repossessed and his mom's bills can still have uh, go through. The only thing is he failed in his mission, so we don't know what happened to his mom. Like it, Now that just kind of disappeared. But, you know, he, mm-hmm. he does come back and he's part of that new class of students with Avengers Academy. He moves to the West Coast Avengers, former headquarters, and Rocket Racer leaves the Avengers Academy alongside Machine Teen to join genius Jeremy Briggs. So that's another, you know, thing to uh, to himself. He's got a journey that's there. So he's, as I said, started off mm-hmm. as a thief, you know, saved Spider-Man from a bounty hunter. Uh, help prove Spider-Man being innocent because he was being framed, so he proved that. Mm-hmm. He's trying to help his mom. So now, we know his mom, he failed in a mission, we don't know what happened to his mom. Maybe S.H.I.E.L.D. turned around and still, I don't see Nick Fury saying, hey, you failed your mission, we're not going to give you the money. I can see right. him saying, hey, look, kid, you failed, thanks for the try. And he would still help him out some way. Right. He was just using the money as motivation, but even though he failed, Nick Fury was not a cold, he's not cold-hearted that's like, Sorry, kid, you failed and walked away. That's that's not Nick Fury's character. That he's, he's never been written that way. You know, I'm talking classic Nick Fury, even the new Nick Fury. And they would not do that. They would still help mm-hmm. him in some way whatsoever, especially with S.H.I.E.L.D. technology. They should be able to help him. So I think that's a, right. a storyline that could be explored, see what happens. Maybe his mom survived and he just said, oh, the mom is not there. So maybe she was being targeted. There's, there's, there's deeper layers they could do to this story for sure, 100%. Right. There, there's 100%. no question uh, about it. And then, of course, you have uh, another person who went by the identity of Rocket Racer, which was uh, Henry Sil- uh, uh, Sealman. Sealman, you know, yes. Yeah. Right. Uh, thank you. And he was, you know, he befriended Robert, stole his gear, and then started kind of taking up, you know, he took up the name Troy, opposing as Pharrell, uh, Pharrell's friend for months. So Henry would turn around and said, Oh, I'm Troy. Became friends with him, stole his Rocket Racer costume. And went on, you know, uh, a, a, a shopping spree. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> um, you know, and he, it, so that was another thing. But he does get it back. Now, you know, it's, it's one of these heroes that I feel they can have a lot more to it. And, you know, I'll let you, Rod, you do your thing first. Uh, hmm. I know I'm going to tell you right now. We're going to fan cast it. We're going to talk about it. We're going to see what the adaptations we like to see of this character. 
you know, they, he showed up in some media already, but not enough. And I don't think that Marvel's really expanded on what they can do with this character. They really set up a good thing that, especially in this day and age, you know, so he's a uh, person of color. He's a genius. Every person in the Marvel Universe is a genius to stand out. They got to do certain things. Starts as a bad guy. So he, I would say more of an anti-hero. But he starts as a villain, anti-hero to hero. So he transitions. And all the time, he's trying to do it for his his brothers and sisters and his mom. So it leaves a lot of questions in my mind. One, whatever happened really to the dad? You know, did he leave? Did he die? I, I can't remember what happened with the dad. I'd have to go back and read it uh, to find out more. The mom, you know, let's get more into the sickness with the mom. We know that Robert's uh, a genius, right? But what about his other brothers and sisters? Do any of them have any kind of skills that stand out or are they just average? Mm -hmm. Don't know. You know, what's their lives made of and what's their connection? Because you have any family has brothers, sisters, you know, a lot of times, you know, they've got your families that have their single children too, but they will find friends who would fill that sibling role for them. So Robert being the oldest, clearly, does, yeah. does they all look up to Robert? Do some of them have resentment against Robert? Are some closer than others to him? Do some try to protect him? Do some say, no, you've gone wrong and really see life as black and white? There's a lot of family dynamics in there that they've never really had the chance, in my opinion, to properly explore. Mm -hmm. A lot of meat on the bone. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Um I'm trying to think what else I could say other than what you just said, but I mean, there are there's 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 different avenues that we can we can learn. I say learn, but we can we can dive into. Mm -hmm. um, I'm trying to think other than what you just said, but but really truly, who he who he is, you know, again the the connection to his family and everything like that. Now let's even go into his how smart he is. Yeah. He's a scientific genius. So that's a that's a that's an avenue we can explore and realizing okay so were you were you born with a high intelligence or were you like was your father or you know what we don't know about the father we always we're always we're always focusing on the mother well, we know of the mother so fine yeah let's just say was his mother was she a scientist was she someone who's actually was able to did he you know get the knowledge from her it's like you know I'm smart my kid is smart what kind of scenario who knows. We can learn it. You can dive into that. What is his struggles? When he now is going into a life of crime or starting his career path as a criminal, what was he doing before that? What has he done? What had he did he try to do something with his intelligence beforehand that just didn't pan out and he just got frustrated? And you know what? I'm just gonna go and, and be a criminal in that regard. But no. in my mind, they would have they definitely dug into a little bit with, you know, him being smart and creating the, his skateboard. We not, we need to dive into that because for someone to have the technology to basically, as you said, imagine a longboard, you have two propelling rockets on the side, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And it also has the ability that he can scale a wall, scale down a wall instead of, you know, you're going down basically, you know, by mm, I stung and you fall forward. Yeah. You're just gonna float into the air and just like nyak, nyak, nyak. no <laughs> gravitational boots, gravita gravitational boots to anchor you to to the board as you go down. Especially if you're going at such you know high speeds, you don't want the thing to slip underneath you and you start flowing. It's going left, you're going right. No, yeah. So these these are the small little nuances. How I look at it the same way like when they introduce Iron Man in in MCU, 
you can clearly see that they went through the steps of making the gauntlet, working on the boots, working yes. on this. So you can see that he did it. He looked from each aspect of what he, we know what he's going to use it for and how it's going to be used. But they did it. Okay, this is step one. This is step two. So with Robert, we're going to look for the same hyper. You know, I want to see that. I want to yeah. see that. And I want to, and I want to, I honestly, I want to see that he did it. And it was kind of like, not a bad project, but something had to, it must have been one of those things he put in the back burner. And he said, this is just, you know, the mental script that's coming on my head. He did something, it got put in the back of the, um, the back burner. Then he made the decision that I need to go and make some money. Yo, you know, like Leonardo, um, 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 that project I was working on a couple of months ago. Let me pull that out of the box. Let me see what I can figure with that. Now yeah. he's focusing hard. Let me figure this thing out, which is all in the comics. You see that you know, you see the quick little you know, you know panels showing mm. what it is. Let's go deep into that. Let's see how yeah. why. Absolutely, absolutely. Because I said a movie I was talking about was a dog's dog. It's a Lords of Dogtown. That's the movie I was talking about. Lords of Dogtown, which was okay. really the beginning of that skateboarding culture. The companies and these guys all went on to various levels of success with the Lords of Dogtown. I'm talking the real uh, people who they portrayed in that biopic. Why? Why a skateboard? Right. I mean, I know the '70s skateboarding was hot, 100%. right? So, it, 100%. It, it, you know, he went with a skateboard. Could have been roller skates. It could have been a BMX bike. It could have been, could have been a ten speed. It could have been, a, you know, a rocket. He could have been like the Rocketeer. He went with the skateboard. So this tells me that he had an affinity to skateboard. He must have looked up to it. He must have liked the whole skateboarding culture. 100%. Right. Okay. 100%. So this is where it's coming to me with that, the whole skateboarding culture, you know, not just because that's the character he seemed kind of cool at the time, you know, put him on a skateboard and something like a Walkman, a Sony Walkman that controls it cybernetically to bring the board to him. He attaches onto it magnetically, you know, simple concept, but I think it has a lot more legs. And the fact that he went from being a villain to from Spider-Man to dealing and hanging with the Avengers and S.H.I.E.L.D., you know, interacting and, and trying to bring down MODOK at one point. Oh, okay. So he went from Speed Demon, Big Wheel, Big Wheel to MODOK. So that's a heavy hitter in the villain mm -hmm. scale. S.H.I.E.L.D. is right up there. S.H.I.E.L.D. is, everyone knows S.H.I.E.L.D. Nick Fury, S.H.I.E.L.D. Okay, don't care if he's white or black, Nick Fury, it's still S.H.I.E.L.D. And the Avengers. Uh, and he went to yeah. Avengers Academy. Uh, so he's got, he's in Sable, Silver Sable, right? And the Outcast. He's in the right spots. Right. So, here's where it comes down to. Let's let's go to the adaptation. Ron, if you had to adapt this character, what would you want to see from Rocket Racer? You know, how we normally do it. We're going to get into our fan casting adaption. Yeah. Part. yeah. So how, how do you see this? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm torn mm -hmm. because I would like a live action in the MCU. Now, right. here's the scenario is, is that yes, there's meat on the bone, Mm. There's enough that could be pulled from there. Is it enough for more than a series? I mean, like a a, a season? Uh, that yeah. that's just my thoughts on it. That's why, because if if I thought there was something more, then I would say, okay, fine, let's put him, let's put him in a like in a Disney Plus. Let's give him a season or two two seasons, you know. Mm -hmm. But I don't know how much we can pull out from that. But having him in the MCU. Again, he's that DC character, but perfect that you have him as a secondary, a secondary substory going on. Perfect example. We're now introduced. We're already introduced to Murdoch. Mm -hmm. If Murdoch 
you know, having Mordok in, you know, in, in out of the quantum realm kind of scenario. Avengers, Mordok, Racer with Mordok, Racer with Mordok, trying to, you know, get that kind of scenario. Uh, Shield realized, like, hey, you're making connection, but we realize who we are. We've seen your history. Do it like, you know, like Tony did the first time he saw uh, Spider-Man. Here's some video. I've seen you do stuff before, so there's already a history. We already know it's like there's a six-month or a year history. Yeah. Yeah. Spider-Man. Let's just say there's a six-month history. We'll see flashbacks to him building his stuff, whatever it takes to be. But we can now connect S.H.I.E.L.D., Nick Fury's S.H.I.E.L.D. to him to, to infiltrate into Murdoch, into to AIM. You know what I mean? So three-quarters of the characters are already known to us already. So that's why I feel it should be on a MCU level and put it in there and, 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 and grow from there. Yeah, okay. And if the audience like it, if the audience like it and, and can, you know, gravitate to the character, mm-hmm. then we can, you know, put him in something else kind of thing afterwards. But I think just the initial, I think that might be the best way for, for him. Because, again, he's not that known as yet. His story is compelling. The story that makes sense, again, we're going from the aspect of the Robin Hood, I'm going into a life of crime. I'm not, my heart is not for the life of crime. I'm just only going there as a way out for my current situation. Right. All about family. (laughs) (laughs) He can join the Fast fast X Part 2. Right. X Part 2. X Part 1. See, so I, I like your adaptation. I like your adaptation. Now, hold on to who you would cast. We're going to hold on for half a second. Oh, yeah. Get mm-hmm. that to that. So here's, here's my take of it. Now, mm-hmm. this is what I was saying. My, I know my take is going to be, everyone, hold on. Put your seatbelt on. It is very, extremely over the top. But come okay. with me on a little bit of a journey. Imagine you will. This <laughs> guy who starts off, and we mentioned about how he started and how we left him off. Mom's in a coma. Family struggling. No matter what, we know the core of his his motivation is always family. He was Vin Diesel before Vin Diesel. Max. Nice. Right. He's gone from crime to being undercover working for Shield. Mom has always struggled with an illness, something going on. Doesn't know what to do. He's done everything. He's done it illegally. He's done it legally. He's worked. He's put himself in danger trying to improve his mom's health and provide for his siblings. We know he's a genius. Mm-hmm. You know, the tinkerer. Now, Marvel likes, in the comic books I'm talking at least, in the comic the pulp version of Marvel, they like to turn around and making major changes with characters sometimes that are so out there that you sit there going, what? Like currently right now, I know they're working on a storyline where Tony Stark, Iron Man, marries Emma Frost from the Hellfire Club slash X-Men. They're supposed to be getting married. I saw that clip. I was like... Yeah, okay. okay then. We we see that the X-Men now, a lot of them have leveled up to Omega-level mutants. They're, they're more Omega-level, and they're living on the living island. The island they live on, Kokora, mm-hmm. is the brother of the island that kidnapped the original X-Men and that's where the new X-Men team came in to re- re- you know, save them in giant size X-Men. And this is why they came out without talking, you know. So this is where we got the, the original X-Men were all kidnapped, right? So that's Beast, that's Marvel Girl. The only one that escaped was Cyclops. Iceman was captured. Angel was captured. 
and Cyclops makes it back. Zegavir says, hey, we're gonna have other mutants that you're gonna take to go back and get them. And that's when he brought in Wolverine, Colossus, Nightcrawler, Storm, Banshee, Sunfire. Okay. Uh so I, I'm, uh, Marvel's always about leveling up, and sometimes things don't make sense. But this one, how I'm going to go, and I had to set this up so you understand where I'm going. It, it's going to be some major leveling up. So the motivation is going to be this. It might work in a, in a comic book format. It might work as a cartoon, but I would love to see it as a cartoon, small limited series cartoon. It could be even a cartoon movie, a Disney Plus cartoon movie. They can call it, as I always say, Marvel Presents. I've gone with this before, you know, Marvel Premiere, Marvel Presents, Rocket Racer, and do it as a movie, but show, and the reason it's going to show this is going to show the characters leveling up. Give a little bit of backstory, showing how Rocket Racer started, showing how, you know, him telling his story as a narrator, saying, hey, well, when I first came on the scene as a Rocket Racer, this is what I did, and show him coming out with Rocket Racer being a villain. And then, oh, well, you know, these happen a couple of times, and so show key moments, show him fighting Spider-Man for the first time, him going to jail, his mom and siblings and their health, uh, get into him with Silver Sable, going undercover, you know, even if they had to modify certain aspects, but keep the, the key elements that are really important to Rocket Racer. At the end of this, we're going to have my boy show up. The, the ultimate, you know, he's not a villain. He's not a hero. He's just hungry. Galactus. You're going, what? <laughs> Hold on with me. Bring Galactus to Earth. Let Galactus go through a whole thing saying, hey, I'm hungry. I need the energy. Um, I got no heralds. They betrayed me or left me. Um, and, and let him fight everybody. Bring in the X-Men. Bring in the Avengers. Bring in the Fantastic Four. Bring in some villains that say, hey, well, Dr. Doom will show up saying, look, I don't like you guys, but I can't, I can't rule Earth if Earth is eaten. And while they're going there and they can't beat Galactus, you know, they're fighting him, but they can't stop him fully. They're just kind of sl slightly slowing him down. Have my man Robert show up and say, hey, look, enough of the fighting. I know in the past, Galactus, you have turned around and embedded the power cosmic into people to turn them into heralds, right? Mm -hmm. I will be your new herald if you cure my mom. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Bring her out of a use the power cosmic to bring her out of a coma, whatever disease she has. Use the power cosmic to cure her. If you cure her, I will willingly be your herald for as long hmm. as it can be, right? And that's that. And Galactus, you know, he's really quick to say, "Yeah, I need someone to find me some food, some sustenance." Right. Sure, snap. And we will evolve Robert Farrell from Rocket Racer. The Cosmic Racer. Okay. Now, what? Barry, that sounds crazy. Really? Because you know Galactus' first hero was Silver Surfer. Right. Air Walker. Right? He named a guy after that walks. He named a guy that was surfing. These are, are, are two of Galactus' heralds. Why can't we have Cosmic Racer? He would, and now keep in mind with the, the motivation of the character, is it very over the top? I agree. But would he agree to be Galactus's herald to have his mom cured permanently? Yes, he would. Because he knows if his mom's cured permanently that the family will be taken care of. He could turn around yeah. at that point and say, hey, guys, I will be his herald with the condition that he heals my mom, stays away from Earth. Oh, by the way, 
um, sword, which is a division of Nick, uh, sorry, of Shield. You guys need to take care of my siblings for life. Put them in a nice home. Make sure they don't want nothing. And if you do that, I will. I'm good. I'm good. So mom is cured. Siblings are taken care of. And Robert, with his, you know, his sacrifice will be doing the ultimate sacrifice, not only saving his family, but saving the earth. And therefore, you level up a character. And we would have ourselves the very first Black Herald for Galactus as Cosmic Racer. Okay. Right? Let's look at DC. DC, we have, um, what's his name? The, the one there in skis. Oh, my gosh. He's the Angel of Death. Uh, is it Death, Death Racer? I can't remember right now. He, he's one of the new gods. I'm usually good with this, but it's been a long day. He, he goes around on skis. He's in armor. You know, he used to be colorful armor when Jack Kirby did it, and they made it all black. Um, the Black Racer. That's it. Black Racer. So Black Racer is the Angel of Death and the new gods. He goes around on skis in almost medieval armor. Why can't we have Cosmic Racer Robert Farrell go? Because from Earth, we had Frankie, who was a girlfriend of the Human Torch, and she went by Nova and was his herald for a while, and then she kind of did her own thing. Yeah. So I would, And that would level up. If the X-Men can all level up, if the X-Men can live on a living island that when they die brings them back to life, why can't this guy be Galactus's new herald? He's a genius, IQ, he's a tinkerer, he's a real machine, he's gonna have the power cosmic. He turn around, turn his little skateboard into like a mini, you know, skateboard, take the wheels off, keep the little rockets in there, give him a new look, still with the same color scheme, cosmic racer. Away he goes. Mm. Comes back to Earth once in a while to check on his family. And he works on a deal with Shield and Sword to make sure that his family is is a fund for his brothers and sisters so they can go to school, they can live someplace, and his mom is secured. That's that's how I'm going with this character because at times we have these characters and and they've leveled up. Look at DC. DC is leveled up. Penguin, right? Penguin went from being a I'm a Penguin umbrella scheme to owning an iceberg club. You know, uh, the Riddler went from being the Riddler. Riddle me this, Batman to being a detective and writing books and a TV personality in the Batman universe. Why can't we level up Rocket Racer? What else is being done with him? Some, you know, you're turning around making Iron Man marry, you know, Emma Frost. That doesn't make really much sense to me. Them going from Rocket Racer to Cosmic Racer with that motivation makes a lot of sense to me. And then, you know, have him doing that narration. And when you kind of pull back, you see him in a Rocket Racer in outer space going to a planet. And of course, he'll be similar like the Silver Surfer in the sense that he's not a killer. So he's going to look for planets that are uninhabited, give right. people warning, get away, whatever. He's not going to be malicious about it. He's got morals. That's what I want to see. Give you know. Mm-hmm. So people might say, oh, it's a stretch, Barry. Really? Read some comic books and tell me what some other issues weren't a stretch. <laughs> got it. No, no, no. no. It sounds good. It sounds good. I, I, like, I, like, I like the... Uh, like you said, it's it's not really that far fetched. Once no. it's laid out, once it's laid out like that, um, I definitely agree. I admit I even forgot about even doing like say um a movie like a like an animated cartoon movie, but yeah. that could that definitely would have worked as well even from my side. But yeah, that sounds good. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So who do you have? Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go well, ahead. that's what I'm saying. I mean, look, we have Ironheart. It's out. We have other characters that have been out just more recently. 
I, I like mm -hmm. what you know DC's done with Batman universe, where they take an existing characters, give them a little bit of a spin. Some we might agree with or might not, you know, but they're trying to breathe new life into them. Breathe new life into Rocket Racer. So, huh? You're, you're gonna say who do I have to play uh, my yeah, version yeah, of Rocket Racer? Yeah. All right. So this character, the, the actor I'm gonna pick, will either be the voice in the cartoon or for live action. I'm good with both. And he and this person understands skateboarding culture. So almost like this guy's name, Robert Farrell. Uh, I'm going with Pharrell Williams. Oh, right. Now I know Pharrell. You know, for who's familiar with him, he's, he's a little bit older. But Pharrell, one, he doesn't look his age. Pharrell Williams, mm. yes, music producer, rapper, singer, whatever. You know, you know, uh, he he done it all with Snoop Dogg. You know, drop it like it's hot. He's a big skateboarder in real life. Yeah. Yes. He's a big skateboarder in real life. If I remember correctly, I think his son's name is Rocket. Uh -huh. <laughs> I believe his son's the biological name is something like that. Like it's Rocket Williams. You know, check that for me, Rod. I'm, I I think yeah, so. So I'm going with Pharrell Williams. He understands the skateboard culture. The guy, Rocket Racer, is not so per se a martial artist. He's not a, a big fighter, but he's a skateboarder. Pharrell has yep. got that look. He's got that nice look. So to see him kind of go from villain to hero, he's got a distinct voice. I think that would stand out. He's got a unique look, and he understands the culture. So even if they come in and say, like, well, we should do this. No, skateboarders, skateboarders don't talk like that. And he really, I think he really got to deep, dip in more to the skateboarding culture. But And Pharrell's mm -hmm. smart. So, you know, him yeah, being yeah. a studious person, motivated, I think he can pull it off. Definitely if it's a voiceover, I would say Pharrell Williams. And if it's got to be live action, he's still in shape that he would look good as however they want to put him together as the cosmic racer. So hold on. Is his son name is his son's name his, Rocket? His son his son name is Rocket. His son name is Rocket. And the disco me song Rocket's theme was actually writ written in his honor, in his son's honor. Okay, so let's see. Pharrell Williams, skateboarding culture. His son's name is Rocket. Man of color. I'm sure if I asked Pharrell Williams if he knows about Rocket Racer, he's going, oh, yeah. Yeah. So who you got, Rod, for your for your uh, Robert Pharrell? Well, for my Robert Pharrell, I was actually wanted to go with a, a character that we know who is who's known, but he has that type of personality that when you see him and he talks, you're realizing he could be a little gritty, a little, um, you know, not saying he has to be criminal-minded, mm. but he could, be a, he could be sassy if need to be, but he has that compassion. So I wanted to go with Tyler, sorry, Taylor James Williams, a.k.a. Everybody Hates Chris. I could just even just on that show. I'm not even going to bother to even look for other stuff per se. Uh, yeah, he's done other stuff that we've known yeah, him he in. Walking Dead, but, right? But I'll just say for everybody who hates Chris, everybody everybody hates Chris. He has the character. He's a character, you know, who loves his family. He does basically anything is for his family. You know, he'll he'll be sassy and you know be able to you know to be that type of criminal minded if need be you know what i mean like you can yeah, talk yeah, yeah. like that 
I just have. He's the one that played. He's one that played Chris Rock's role, right? He's the one that played the main actor. Correct. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. So he was in Walking Dead, and his his scene was when he left. Right. He died in a revolving door at a mall. Right. Wow. Yeah. Okay. But everyone hates Chris. Yeah. Good call. I like that. Yeah. Good call, man. So yeah, I I would just say with him. I mean, he he does have that personality that you know that he could you know work with family. He understands the family element in regards to doing what you gotta do. Uh, if you watch him, if you look at him now, he's like really fit and then he can, he can handle, he can handle himself in a live presentation and be able to, uh, give a good persona of being that skateboarder, you know, you know, you know, built, slim built, you know, he's toned and he's able to like handle himself. I can, yeah, I can definitely see him having that, uh, working that out. Again, he, he has other, criteria you know other shows that he's done that you can just see the sass in him if need be uh abbott abbott um abbott elementary is one of the latest one that he's in right now yeah and uh yeah he's he's dangerous he's pure jokes so he's got got range he's got range he got range he has range so this is where this is where i would think i would like to see him in there at that sweet all right then so i like that a lot so i'm going with you know pharrell williams from nred Pharrell Williams solo, what you know, Pharrell has done a lot of stuff. Look him up, you can't miss him. Music wise, you probably already heard Pharrell Williams. Drop it like it's hot with Snoop Dogg. That's him. Pharrell Williams. Rod, once again, you're going with going with Tyler James Williams. Tyler James Williams. There we go. We fan casted it. We gave our adaptations of it. Um, you know, I know you might look at it as a like, rocket racer of all people. Yeah, rocket racer of all people. So that's what we've done. This brings us to the end of another episode of the Iconist Podcast. Any last words, Rod? Uh, this, uh, as we say, always check out your local comic stores. You know, support, support the pulp, support the paperback, support the, you know, the things that can fan your face. Yes, yeah, don't fan it because you don't want to depreciate your value. So just open up very slowly. Uh, yes, yeah, support your comic books. <laughs> Absolutely support the comics. Support us, these guys mm-hmm. here. You know who these guys are. This is us. Come on now. I look familiar. Um, I'll leave you guys on this. Thank you very much for, once again for tuning in. Let us being the voice in your ears when we're talking about these comic books and everything we like to talk about, all the geek culture, nerd culture, whatever you want to label it. We we are there for it. We are fans of it. We really enjoy and embrace it. That being said, this whole world was started by a pencil, a piece of paper, and lots of imagination. Keep on dreaming. We're out. Rocket punch. <laughs> And the words Rando of Z. Lupe <laughs> Fiesco, you know, skate and push. That's right. Push skate. That was his song. Lupe Fiesco. Yeah, look it up. Yeah. Another skateboard. There we go. Out.